joining the run home with Joel and Fletch with Barney in the chair. We say hello to Matthew Hayden. Hey, Doss, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. How's it going? Mate, we're going pretty good to be speaking to a bloke who played 103 tests, close to 9,000 runs, 30 tonnes to be in that that green cap or that green helmet and to get 30 tonnes, 2950s. You must be fired up this time of year. <laughs> yeah, summer. How good. I mean, we had, I think, arguably one of the greatest grand finals of all time that just, you know, sets the sunset on that. But now we're into cricket season and we've got, you know, this test match is going to have some, you know, really special connotations around it. You know, Davey Warner, obviously, you know, the way that he went through the World Cup and, you know, back on shores, you've got Travis Head, that's 96 away from 3,000 runs, uh, men's, you know, test cricket. Um, Smudgy, talk about my 100, Smudgy's got 32. He's just one away from, you know, getting to the second highest uh, above Stephen War and uh, Ricky Ponting, obviously the highest. you got Lino that's sitting on not 496 wickets. Um you know, so four wickets away from his 500, and there's been two kings, one of which you just mentioned there, Warney and McGrath, that's, um, you know, done that, and he joins that in a really elusive club. Uh, and then from the Pakistan side as well, you've got Baba Azam, who's just recently relinquished his rights uh, as the captain. Um, Sham Masood has just, you know, come into that particular position, fresh off a really good 100, in fact, 200, uh, against the Prime Minister's eleven. And you've always got the dark horse of Pakistan. I mean, they just roll out great fast bowlers. You could pick 20 fast bowlers mm. from Pakistan and each one of them would give us a, a little tingle, you know, when it comes to this Perth wicket. So, boys, plenty to look forward to. Mate, it has been such a big year for Australia in the cricket. Um, you know, and I think this, like, so much to look forward to as well. But with this side, this current side, Pat mm-hmm. Cummins, man, um, obviously they've they've got the the they've just won the uh, the World Cup they've got the T Twenty World Cup they've got the yep. World Test Championship and they've retained the Ashes. Um, in terms of mm. like generate, we always talk about generations of Australian cricket. Um, you were part of an amazing generation, mm. a golden generation, if you will. How do you guys see this generation now as stacking up uh, in in terms of uh, great teams of the past? Well, there's no doubt it's a great team. You know, that World Cup, if you just want to hit the pause button there for a second to, you know, to see firsthand how the group really galvanised behind Pat Cummins um, and Andrew McDonald at senior management level um, to win that World Cup. I mean, literally, it's kind of, from an Indian perspective, it was kind of like the Titanic. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was was the ship that was never going to sink, right? Like, you just had 10 unbeatable... Um, games in a row for, for Team India and there was just this great optimism and throw throw the weight of you know 1.3 1.4 billion people behind it and you just it was just something that was never going to go down Team India was was called right from the get-go as being the best side and yet here this team is under the leadership of Pat Cummins uh, t- to another title you know the sixth uh, international title and World Cup title for, for Team Australia. Um, and, and some of the, you know, remarkable performances that sat in that, uh, including Pats as well in the back half of the tournament, not only as a leader, but also the bowler. Um, and then you had Joshy Hazel that was sitting there, always the ever, a bit like McGrath used to have in, in his role. Uh, Mitchell Stark. It didn't really matter who you, and this is where my, my point gets, it didn't really matter who you pick in that side. 
even Marnus Labuschagne, um, and of course Travis Head, they all won matches in some way. Um, either and, and one of the great hallmarks from all those you know iconic uh, test playing nations that they talk about is that they have incredible defensive fielding efforts. And Davey Warner really led the charge there with Travis Head and, and Marnus Labuschagne. Um, you know, so just I think it's comparable. Um, you win a World Cup away from home, especially in India, that's huge. The T20 World Cup, we also saw our great series that was. The Ashes in the Test match, I guess, is the only question mark. I mean, you get 2-0 two, two up in a series and then you end up drawing the series. Yes, we retain the Ashes, but I think, you know, this side is probably wanting to achieve more than that. Um, you know, we've always, I think, as a playing nation, been great at once the jugglers re- revealed just going in hard for the kill. Mm. And it didn't quite happen through through our winter. But having said that, look, this side is just something else. It'll be something else shortly. No David Warner, whenever that may be, but it'll be soon soon enough. Usman Kawaja, his career at some stage, Hados, uh, will be done and dusted. It'll be a terrific career as well. So you sitting back observing now as the fan, I suppose, and working with Channel 7, yeah. who do you see... You know, in the next three, four years, if it's you having the selection to be the one and two of Australia. Yeah, well, look, the first thing is that you have to go, and this has been an age-old strategy from a selection point of view, is that who's the, the individual's best performing in shield cricket? And Cameron Bancroft, for mine, is just, he will walk into that scenario straight away. He, yep. He's him and the, and the actual Perth unit itself has been phenomenal. Um, you know, so then you've got someone like Matt Renshaw, who, you know, again, fresh off 100. Um, I mean, he's been waiting in the wings. When you think of Usman Khawaja, he's only played 66 test matches, fellas. Like, the average is 47. Mm, wow. You know, he's, he's got 15 tonnes and 5,000 runs. Like, he, he should have, in my book, been Davey Warner's equal. You know, 109 games, you know, 8,500 runs, you know, averaging 40. You know, but it wasn't his time. So you've got to have, my point is, you've got to have a bit of luck as well. Like, it's got to be your time. But, you know, there's two names straight away that I think have been in and around the fringes of the Australian cricket team for, for a fairly long period of time, are putting runs on the board, in particular Bancroft. Um, but for fans out there, I wouldn't be too worried or concerned about, you know, having replacements for some of these players because... You know, the investment in the grassroots of our game is second to none. That's why a nation of 25, 26 million people can beat 1.3 billion people because the, the focus and the, and the investment in the grassroots at club level, you know, state level in the Shield program, uh, now the Big Bash League, which is, you know, screening all through the summer, um, it's there and it produces world-class cricketers and world-class athletes even before they're world-class cricketers. So don't worry. Mate, now just on the the retirement of Dave Warner and the the, the conversation around um, who goes into that next spot, you um you obviously had uh, a great partnership at the top of the order with your old mate Justin Langer. How important is it that mm. opening pairs have good chemistry and understand each other's games? Because um, obviously that might be something yeah, you know, you're looking for. Mm. Yeah, very important. It's one of the unique. Uh, roles within any kind of team is those combinations. You could argue that, you know, right at the top of the bowling order as well, the, the, the two men that walk out with the baggy green and take the new ball, that's a you know really important combination. Um, I'd always sort of like bracket at one, two and three. 
you know, I think I think that's kind of like what they call in the Australian cricket team culture, the engine room. That was started with David Boone and, you know, Jeff Marsh, uh, Mark Taylor, you know, recently inducted into the um, SCG Hall of Fame. Um, it's really important that they've individually got these great skill sets. But then, as you've seen by the Warner and Kawaja partnership, um, it's been phenomenal. And so, you know, you build this... I think most of the time you look down on the side and you go individually, okay, well, here we go. We're going to look at Steve Smith. We're going to look at Smudgy's performances. But when you look at him, you look at his line item in his own performance. When you come to one, two, and three, in our day it was JL myself and Ricky Ponning, you didn't really separate those three. It was kind of just, you want that in a block. You've almost like vote in a block, if that yeah. makes sense. That's how important it is you know, to the culture of the group. It's no different to the front rowers in yeah. in rugby league or rugby union. You know, they you don't often score tries, but, gee, they do, come state of origin time, they do the heavy lifting and they get recognised for that, albeit in a much more, you know, um, low-key way than a, than a winger, for example, who scores <laughs> a front row. I tell you what, uh, front row has been that one, two, three. Hayden... Langer and Ponting. That's Payne Haas, Fisher Harrison, Leota, isn't it? That's, yeah, that is that's a that's a pretty good front row. <laughs> oh my oath it is. Hey, just looking at the all time list and I know oh, like thankfully one of them plays for the Broncos. Oh <laughs> hey Dos, where were you for that match? Mate, I was in Singapore, um, with Steph Rice. Um, now it was just by coincidence that we were flying in different we were flying to Singapore. She was going to Dubai, I was going to India for the World Cup. But we watched it together. And it was a unique scenario because we're actually in the lounge together. But downstairs there was a there was a, a pub and it and there was obviously you know 120 Australians there, of which I reckon 90 percent of them were Broncos. So every time they <laughs> cheered, I'd be like going up in the lounge, going, "Oh, you guilty!" Just to realise that we got absolutely flogged in the back. You know, 20 minutes. It was the most demoralising bloody performance I've ever I've ever been a part of in terms of a sporting event. Unbelievable. Tell you what, though, like it's not just the one of the best grand finals I've ever seen, and the poor Broncos have been in no. two of the greatest grand finals of all time. But it, yeah. tr- it was one of the greatest games I've ever seen, Haydos. Do you agree with that? I do. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd rival that with the World Cup final that we've just seen with the cricket. Yeah. I mean, it was in a – and the AFL grand final, like, surely the three grand finals that we've been presented as Australian oh. sports fans – I'm not sure you can get any better than that. No, no. I mean, clearly running over the top of Broncos. I say that just with respect to the, being a Broncos fan, but that was one of the more oh. extraordinary sporting performances on the planet, right? And then when you think about Travis Head, you know, running back over his shoulder, taking an absolute specky to dismiss Rohit Sharma. What a great catch, match-winning catch. Yep. And then to go on what he did as well, you know, in the final, that's a pretty extraordinary, you know, effort, plus the test. Well, championship effort, that was extraordinary. So we're really being treated as some great grand final cricket and footy. And it's not always the case, right? Like oftentimes you see, you know, one side heavily, you know, capitulate. But not not this year. It's been amazing. Hey, hey, Ross, um, I'd love your thoughts here and and whether you're prepared to share them or not. And I know you played with Mitchell Johnson, didn't play or just missed Davey Warner. But what have you made of that fallout between the pair? Uh... Look, I think it probably goes back a, a long way, but um, 
You know, I think a lot's been, you know, really... It's just been like milking a headline ahead of the death match, and it's just, it's just been... You know, Mitch has had his opinion, yep. and I think what's come out of it actually is some really good stuff, meaning that it reinforces what I believe within the culture of cricket, that there is no such thing as a guarantee. Yep. There, there mm. just isn't. Um, and when you look at Davey's performances over the last two years, he knows that he can be better, and he's going to have to be better in these next you know, couple of matches so that he ensures that he gets you know, what he's put out there. And, and I think that's right. I mean, I, man, I'm never going to criticise anyone for saying, putting stuff out there. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. in my first game, I asked just sort of, just by curiosity, the press, has anyone made, you know, 200 on debut? Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, that was a ridiculous comment, right? But <laughs> in my head, I was that confident that I was going to do something special because, boys, I'd waited five years. Now, yeah. in my opinion, Davey Warner's one of the 14 players that's, that's part of the Centurion Club of Australian cricket. And if he wants to play for, his, for, for, for however long he wants to play, then provided that he's performing... And George Bailey said exactly this. There's no guarantees, but he's in our best team. Yep. I mean, that's full stop. And then the rest of us can speculate. And we can go to school on the numbers, you know, which is in the last two years, he's averaging 21 or 22. Mm. And he's made 100. And that was, you know, back in 22. You know, so no one's got a license. And, and this is the great part about Australian cricket as well. Like when I look back at even my own one-day game, Mark Waugh had to step aside for me to open with Adam Gilchrist. Now, was he not capable of carrying on? Hell no. He was one of our greats. You know, so, but, but the Australian culture has allowed whoever's going to replace David whenever he wants to go, give him enough opportunity then, you know, to build a, a substantial uh, legacy within the game. And that's how we've created this, you know, incredible, you know, legacy amongst you know, the global cricket community because everyone looks in and goes, well, what's our magic dust? Mm. Well, our magic dust is this, David Warner. You know, he fielded his arse off in the semi-final, basically in Kolkata alone stopped 30 runs inside the first 10 overs. And in finals where margins are, you know, sometimes very small, that was extraordinary. Come to the test match game, you know, you look at, look at his performances over the last two years, and you can't just look at the hundreds, right? Because you've got to look at, well, well, what's the mean score and how many times did he get above 50? And, and, and in those performances, how many times did he win games of cricket? And in my opinion, he wins plenty because he has got this great presence and he, he deserves to, you know, be there right now. Speaking of legacy, the, the late Shane Warne made a great mate of yourself. Uh, I understand on Boxing Day tests, there's encouragement for the fans to turn up in a floppy-brimmed hat just to get around the great man. Yeah. But, but we're talking about this the other day, Haydos, and you may have a better answer than what we have, but when Warney was at his absolute mm. peak, it was such alluring to watch what he was coming up with. And every kid down the park, as you would see when Benji Marshall mm. was coming through the step, you'd see everyone trying to yeah, do the, yeah. the leg spin. But we we never really saw. Yeah. You thought that because of the population of kids wanting to be leg spinners, you'd you'd see this Shane Warne mm. after Shane Warne in the decades to come. But we haven't, which highlights mm. how bloody good he was. But yeah. we just haven't seen that, have we? Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting observation. And and look, I don't have a great answer to it other than to just add one part, you know, to your comment, and that is yet. Dot yep. dot mm. dot dot dot. We haven't seen it yet. Like we've got. 
you know, we've got some some pretty extraordinary younger talents that you know that that are coming through the ranks um, that have that have got legs been on their mind, and and I think part of it is also the format as well. Um, being majority of the younger players getting lured into, you know, the reduced formats of the game. Um, but unlike maybe, you know, Park Warney as a role model aside, you've, you've got so many, like Kuldibyada, for example, in India, um, you know, has got this great following and, 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 and he's having great success within the shorter formats of the game. And I think these kids are sort of trying to work out, well, what, what do I really want? Do, do I want to bowl, you know, huge leg breaks that create lots of angles, which batters tend to roost back? You know, guys like Clarkson and plant over the boundary about 500 metres. Um, or do I want to just be at the stumps um, and, and be more sort of control type bowlers, you know, more kind of switching roles with fast bowlers that traditionally, like McGrath, you just could never hit him off the length. He was always at you. Hey, hey, well, Ross. It's a challenging time. Uh, so unfortunate the music's playing, which means we've got a hard out, but we can join yourself, <laughs> Justin Langer, Ricky Potting yeah. and the team, live on Channel 7. It all starts tomorrow. We're looking forward to that, 12.30, each day of the test on Channel 7 and 7, mate. So appreciative of your time and how generous you've been, hey, Doss. Uh, we'd love to get you back again on the run home with Joel and Fletch. Enjoy your Chrissy hands when it comes around. Good stuff. You too, mate. All the best to your family for Christmas, and we'll catch you soon and look forward to the coverage on Channel 7, The Run Home with Joel and Fletch.